we've never had better games than what have been released in the past i would say past five years personally we're getting more and more games games cost a lot more to make um nowadays uh it's becoming more like movies where some are just going to fall by the wayside there's going to be and but if you do a good enough banger there'll be a group that likes it forever potentially so um i it, it it's definitely more people are coming to play more games the most popular games are going to grow and the less popular games will there's still a market you're just going to have to fight harder to prove that your game's worth it hey there our hearts go out to the people of hawaii following the devastating maui fires if you would like to help or are in a position to donate then the hawaii community foundation has the maui strong fund to directly assist the people of maui as well as the maui food bank and aloha way maui fire relief fund if you're not able to donate, then please share any of the links below to the charities and resources as every bit helps. Let's help our friends in Maui and Hawaii. Thank you. You know, the funny thing is, I always get nervous every time we, <laughs> we do podcasts. God, I, I'm just a uh, very big presence whenever I enter the chat room. He is. He's got uh, chat. chat energy. <laughs> yeah, chat or chat. If it's chat energy, that means uh, I might be saying some some uh, inappropriate things tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so welcome everyone to another episode of Decked Up, a gaming and tech podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova, and today we're joined by a very good friend of the show who's coming back for the second time ever on this show. You're the first person to be back for a second time. Um, the one, the only, James, a.k.a. The Brink, a.k.a. Games Reveal. How you doing, man? I am doing good. I am back for round two. We're going to battle this out, whatever it is we're battling out. Um, it's Decked Up's a fighting <laughs> podcast right <laughs> yeah you know we, we, we're gonna we get throw all... hands all the time <laughs> okay well good yeah no i'm i am ready to rumble <laughs> all right and, and just so people know um we were uh we we did a podcast you and i did a podcast. i was on your podcast like a week ago it didn't even feel like okay this is the the, the downside of being two older folks yeah. was it two weeks ago i God. to be fair you have been working too hard I, i'm losing <laughs> track of like i was like today is sunday right and i looked at my clock and it's like oh my watch and it's like no it's thursday like okay this is a downside <laughs> of being older for the young folks out there who are like oh i can't wait to get older no you know because your sense of time just evaporates because... <laughs> yeah, i don't know though i do like opening my wallet and having some money in it okay i will have true. to admit there's trade-offs <laughs> there's trade-offs it just really sucks when it comes to time. Yeah. 
So uh, with that being said, yeah, go, let's uh, go ahead and have you uh, talk about yourself, talk about the podcast, Games Reveal Podcast. We can go ahead and plug that, and then we can dive on into the topics. The show is yours. So yeah, the, sh- the show is mine. So you know how all the remakes are coming out, all the, just everything that is coming out lately with games, movies, all that. Well, I decided, you know what? Instead of making a whole new podcast, I'm going to, because I've done a podcast in the past, I'm just going to remake that and just <laughs> forget the people that were on it before and call it the Games Revealed podcast again. And so I rebranded it. I'm working on that. It's more or less a hardware and PC gaming uh, podcast that just brings on uh, either uh, Susie, my wife, or some other co-hosts that I have, um, guests, and just talk about either current events or just all things fun. Uh, honestly, every topic's been pretty different, and I'm still finding the groove in that. But it's that's what that's about. It's about having fun and chatting with people. It's always a good time, man. Like it's, and I, I'm a big fan of your show. So is my wife. So like, we, we definitely enjoy like the vibe of the show, especially like you and your wife, Susie. Like you guys have so much, like the way you bounce off of each other with topics and conversation. It's so, like, refreshing to see that because you look at so many podcasts, or you listen to them rather, or you look at them depending on what platform you, you're you're you know <laughs> yeah. consuming your content on. Like some folks are. And this is not to be a controversial take. I know people say, oh, you got the spicy takes, but no, like a lot of people are informative and boring. Just, but in, and there's, in, oh, there's, there's nothing wrong with that per se, but you know right. what? I can only have so many of those. I have a couple of them. Uh, I can't take too many boring podcasts, though. Yeah, exactly. Informative. Yeah. yeah, like I, I need to be informed and a little entertained so like when i watch your podcast i'm like and also when i listen to it too i'm like man i need more of this so like when the episode ends i get so sad i'm like no damn it i want more it's so good so like i big props to you man <laughs> well thank you no it's it's fun i i really enjoy it it's what games revealed started on was podcasting and uh it's kind of nice to get back into that groove a little bit again because uh, I said I wasn't going to do podcasting on it for a little while until the YouTube thing kind of just picked up a little bit more. And now that it's kind of hit that point, I'm, I'm having fun with it. Uh, and I think you're going to definitely have a fun time on this uh, most recent podcast with Jared from Avalanche Games. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we go deep into <laughs> horror. And uh, I was corrected survival horror. Is no way to go. No, I was. <laughs> that was. Yeah, I introduced. I'm like, yeah, and he's he does a ton of horror stuff on his YouTube channel. He's like, well, I actually like survival horror. I'm like, even better. <laughs> I love survival horror myself. <laughs> no, it's 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 always kind of funny when it comes to all these uh, subgenres and stuff like that in games. Of, uh, and we don't need to dive too deep into that, but uh, just how much I forget that not every it's not like oh this game's fun this game's not fun or entertaining that's kind of my genres lately and mm-hmm. so i forget that there's so many subgenres out there yeah yeah there are did, did he like i like i'm i'm very curious about this but like did he go into tank controls and the importance of them tank and fi- controls and like fixed no. camera perspective oh yes man. okay you know no, he did do that <laughs> we, we went into that because i wanted to know what was a good horror game from him 
more or less a good survival horror, which is fine. Mm. And it's so funny because like once we started talking, I'm like, okay, I know exactly the games that he's going to like and some of the games he's not going to like. And one of them was he did. Uh, he does. He only played a little bit of it was evil within a game that I really, really like. And he's like, yeah, I've only played a little bit of it. Are and you like, serious? And I, I get it though. It's, it is a, so for the type of games he likes and, and the psychological side and, and with the with all these survival horror, I kind of get evil within his like the first one is extra in, in a couple of different ways. Yeah, um, it balances itself out in the second one a lot. But that first one, um, I it took me a little bit, a couple of uh, hours to get into it, and then I love it. So I was I wasn't surprised. Like when he's like, "Oh yeah, I, you know what? I haven't played past a certain part." I'm like, "I am not surprised." But he said he's <laughs> going to commit to going through it. I think sometimes so. We got audio of that, and I'll I'll hold it to him. Okay. <laughs> no, Jared, is, Jared is so awesome, man. I, I every I think he's the one person that's been on. Uh, I want to say on the Casanova podcast the most. It, well, that and the actually, he's been on this one too. Like we've done six or seven episodes on Casanova podcast, and I think two maybe three i think you have the lead i but i think i know i've had him on here once before but it's always a good time like we we talk about everything (laughs) i mean you can talk about fighting games horror games horror movies pcs like you name it this dude will talk about it it's just the only thing you just have to like adjust to the time schedule because he moved from florida to japan so anytime you're going to do a podcast with him, you just have to like, be like, okay, I need to be up insanely early. <laughs> or in my case, I had to be up at like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I, I drilled it into the Japan thing. So like in the, in the, the bonus level episode, which uh, maybe when I get it done, I'll, I'll have to uh, direct message it to you. But um, okay. we, we talk about, um, japan and just him living there and i'm going to like so because we i I tried to go into a little bit more personal things in Mm -hmm. those types of uh in the bonus level episodes on patreon or on the memberships thing on youtube so um you you know i I grilled you a little bit Mm -hmm. i was like how many wives do you have and why and i'm just (laughs) just, (laughs) i got six people (laughs) that's why he does not have any time uh (laughs) <laughs> but I'm also tired too, you know. <laughs> there you go. I... I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so many jokes can ensue now. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop myself. <laughs> I'll hold back. Oh man, no, but but uh, I love the bonus episodes that you do. <laughs> like it, it's and it's a refreshing take because it's something that a lot of people don't t- typically do when it comes to podcasting. Like you, you either get the Q and a format or the ones who are like, Oh, here are the show notes. This is where we're going to talk about da, 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 da. And it's very formulaic. Whereas like with your bonus, like episodes, it's so organic. And I think that's something that I, I just personally gravitate towards that, you know? And it's like, like I said, I can yeah. deal with the boring, informative conversations. There she is. Hi. Want to say hi? No? Okay. All right. 
It didn't kick in yet. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, so I can deal with like the 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 boring informative podcast. I listen to a lot of them, like Waveform. I like MKBHD, but the energy on those podcasts with Waveform to me are so low that I'm like, okay, I can get into it and listen to this for a little bit, and I need to back out. But then, like, ACG, another friend of mine, like, he's got the best gaming podcast ever. And, well, that's the title of it. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Yeah, I like, was going to say, my, uh, <laughs> my 10 listeners, which what you are one of them says otherwise. <laughs> like, he's got, like, uh, like he does a roundtable as well. But, like, he his, yeah. like his whole group, they, they have a lot of energy, too. So it's like, you know, I, I, I like to keep my podcast varied, you know. and again like yours is definitely in the top of the rotation for mine so dude thank you for making such great podcast episodes oh honestly i'm just glad that you enjoy them that's all that like when we make content the biggest thing is just that people enjoy it right yeah um yeah, yeah exactly i i do like so when it comes to podcasts i will say this mm-hmm. um not to go too deep into this but okay. I don't like podcasts that have more than potentially three co uh, hosts or people on. Like, if it's a panel of three, I'm great. Two, three, once you hit four, maybe, and it gets past that, it's chaos. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah, little chaotic. It, it can be, you know, and I've been on podcasts before. Like, I've even had. I think when I started out, I did a couple episodes that had like six or seven people on. And I just was like, yeah, I'm going to sit here and be quiet because I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, because at that point, it's like, it's so chaotic. Just like, how do you keep up with it? So you have to. (laughs) I feel like you have to kind of have a script some ways or have everyone have a talking point. And then it kind of at least so that everyone gets a little bit of speaking time. Um, I We'll dare to do it one day. Um, mm-hmm. We'll, you know, when I do a panel, maybe I'll have you and a couple other people on and have like more of a, a structured, structured. So it's not like everyone except for one person's talking. Um, I, I tried it. I did an early version of the Games Revealed podcast with some of the community members I have. And it was okay. Mm-hmm. But there was like one or two people just not really talking that much. And um, Susie was a part of that. And it was just, it was too chaotic. It was good, but it wasn't great. And so I, I do tend yeah. to favor the uh, two, maybe three. Like last podcast on the left does it right. They have maybe two to three people typically. They don't have anything more than that really. And, and their energy is great too. So I think that's a great example of a podcast. And for people who may not understand like why we're saying it's best to kind of limit how many people are on a panel for a podcast, it's like put yourself in the shoes of a listener, which you guys are, you know, Um, when you hear it like, you know, right, like when you've got like too many people talking, it can be very hard to keep up with the conversation for one and two, understand who's talking because you know, there could be instances where so many uh, several people can sound the same. So you might think this is one person yeah. when it's really someone else. So you typically just want to have a bit of a structure. Like if it's going to be two people, okay, that's easy to follow along with the conversation. If it's one person doing, you know, a uh, uh, overview of everything that makes sense, three people, nothing wrong with that. Four people, you know, we try to work with it. But... Yeah, it gets a bit iffy. Like some, I. I 
and once again, I'm not saying like even if you have six people on your panel, I'm not gonna say it's a bad podcast per se. I just gravitate to ones that a little less people typically. Mm-hmm. I think it can be done and is doable. But yeah. Okay. So with that being out of the way, let's go ahead and go into the first point of controversy, sir. Oh no, go we're ahead. doing controversy. Is that what this is? You brought me on. So, so now you got this. Yes, I do. I have one of those. So right here. So let's talk about it. Sir. Now I know what I said in private, but in public, <laughs> my public statement is it sucks. It's horrible. Steam Deck for life. <laughs> Uh, you guys, uh, the community, the Steam Deck community, the Steam Deck are goats, and I'm, you know, nothing else to say. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a, I, I try to run a little bit of, uh, I joke about it a little bit just to help break up the community and maybe help with the community understand that, hey, your device is awesome. Someone else's device is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are awesome together. Let's just, uh, enjoy that we're getting more. <clears throat> the ROG Ally is amazing in its own rights yeah the steam deck is amazing in its own rights in the sense of um i haven't i'm i will be doing a comparison review someday and i kind of already did one a little bit on my stream last night but the number one thing is that it is faster like i've been able to play last of us with much better performance um Mm -hmm. still has some vram issues but much better performance than with the steam deck and so um yeah <clears throat> yeah so um, like oh good no i i yeah no it, it, i can drone on for as long as you want just uh just let me know <laughs> no I was, I was gonna say like that's one of the things like i'm i'm really seeing you know like when the ally came out <clears throat> and, and you and i have talked about this too like you had a lot of people that were anti-ally and still are you know the longest conversation for yep. the longest was it's a failed product it's a failed product and it's kind of funny how that conversation kind of went away it's yeah. you know people aren't saying it anymore um i i i was i don't think i was being combative but like i was say i was responding to a lot of the i guess former community of mine because i upset a lot of people and they were like well, the Steam Deck never had any of these issues coming out. Like, were you there for the first couple of months? That had a it lot had, of issues. It, it had SD card issues too coming out. It wasn't as prominent yeah. um, because the issue was different. The ROG Ally, um, it's most most likely, is the, it's a heat issue, right? So, yeah. If you once you can fi- uh, figure out the issue, then it's not as big of an issue if you circumvent yeah. it. But yeah. So, like. You know, it, th- that was a big topic of conversation. And then we went to once the Legion Go got announced. And I'm seeing the conversation now that's shifting to where people are. Uh, <laughs> there's anti Legion Go people. And it's so funny because I'm like, are you guys like, are you on like, you know, payroll or beck and call like for whenever something new comes out to just be angry about it? Like, we're getting more options. Like, the Steam Deck was not the first portable PC or gaming PC, but it was the first to make it mainstream. The first that really caught the the eye of not only mm-hmm. the consumer, but the industry where they're like, hey, we can make our games optimize, even though this the Steam verification thing is still wonky. But this is the yeah. first time where, you know, companies are like, hey, we don't have to, you know 
not be able to put our we can optimize it so it runs on this handheld device which is what helped elden ring i don't know how many people remember that but going to the deck helped elden ring across the board for other platforms and so it was only a matter of time and james and i have both said this for the last year other companies were going to do this very same thing asus was the first major <clears throat> company because look we've got one x We've got uh, Ioneo, AOK Zoe. All these other companies have been doing this for years. To be fair, to be fair, at least the Ioneo and the One X Player and the GBD, I can't remember if the other one had a device out before Steam Deck, but they, they've they been in the market for a little bit now. They're yeah. kind of the ones that maybe even helped uh, the Steam Deck come to light in some ways or yeah. one form or another, right? Yeah. You know, and so, like, we we've... <sighs> So it was only a matter of time before other major manufacturers, when I see, you know, like Asus, Lenovo, Acer and such, were going to get into the fray. They just needed, it, it's a copycat thing. I don't know how many people understand. Like someone has to do it and succeed to see that there's a viable market because companies yeah. now, unlike say 10, 15, 20 years ago, they don't want to just throw stuff at the wall. If they're going to do something, it needs to be financially profitable. So when they saw that the Steam Deck was doing so well, a lot of them were, you know, like, okay, let's go ahead. Asus was the first major one to market, even though Alienware had one back in, I believe, 2020 or 2019 that they showed off, but they'd been quiet about. So Asus <clears throat> came after. Now we got Lenovo. Uh, with the Legion Go. Uh, uh, Acer is coming out with a Predator type of device. That's the only thing I can share. And I know that, um, you know, Alienware is going to be unveiling some stuff too, as well as HP with their Omen line. So They're going to have an Omen is, one. Okay, so I don't... I I don't know industry-wise how many uh, companies are coming out with. So I'm learning some of this right now. I kind of assumed... Um, I did not know Alienware was working on, on one. Uh, they're the OG in this market, technically, with a, a prototype yeah. device. Years ago. Um, it just it never came out. I'm sure, well, there's there's probably one or two other devices, potentially, or prototypes before that from other companies, but that Alienware UFO was so unique. Mm -hmm. it, it was, even today, if they released it right now, it would be a unique device and probably loved in some form or fashion. Even Razer. Razer is working on one, too. I, I don't know if you remember the one that they released yeah. back in 2013. Like, they, they released oh, one back yeah. then. And it's like, I'm sorry, the tech was just not there at the time. No. I guess, but, to correct myself, then, yeah, that was more OG than what I was talking about. The one I was talking about, I guess, resembled what, or maybe even inspired what we have today in some ways. Um, but yeah, that old Razer one. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so it yeah, did you not know, play a lot. <laughs> it, it, no, it, it didn't. So you got like a lot of companies that uh, you know, and you're gonna see a lot more of this. This is now a mainstream category that's gonna be up there with the PlayStation Five, the Xbox Series, the S Switch, or whatever's coming next. Because we do know there's gonna be something probably coming in the next year. And you've got Steam Deck, 
and then all these other companies and their products fall underneath. So you have four platforms now, you know, which technically has always been four if you count PC, but like portable gaming PC is now the new thing. And every company is seeing that there's going to be options. And, and I know there are people that are saying, like, you're better off getting a 1X player or the ALK Zoe or the Ioneo. But I think even you brought this up, I believe, yesterday. Being able to go into Best Buy or wherever and just buy it, really, mm-hmm. that that puts a head and shoulders above all these other things that you got to throw money into a Kickstarter to get. No, I, I'm I'm getting so sick of using Gogo, uh, Indiegogo for funding these devices. It's a marketing tool for them. I don't like it personally. Uh, mm-hmm. Put it on your website. Let me buy it from there. Do whatever. I don't. I just really don't like them using Indiegogo. Um, but it's just they don't have the distribution um, system um, that all these other companies that we're going to get, be getting more and more of do. So. Mm-hmm. Personally, if I was them, and I know some people are going to be thinking mm, they might not like this, um, I would have uh, propositioned maybe selling their company um, to one of these companies that don't have one yet. So Acer or stuff like that. And be like, hey, let's do a proposition. Maybe, you know, you to get ahead, you, we can work together or something like that. Mm-hmm. I. Because I don't, I think I need one of them will probably do fine. The other two will probably continue to like do just okay, and they'll eventually be um, out of the market. I just don't see them thriving in the market, is what I'm trying to say. I guess. I think also like to to piggyback on that topic, you know, adding to the fact that these major companies are putting their devices in brick and mortar stores. And they're they're undercutting, you know, these other companies by at least six hundred or so dollars. So I mean, yeah, you can get not as one- much nowadays. I wouldn't say the the it, the the cost is as different, but the warranty and being able to walk into a store is a big deal. Right. Um, I know right. we buy stuff online more, but here's the thing: even if it's online, you're buying it for Best Buy. The likelihood of you being able to return. And get a new one if it's broken is much quicker than uh, mm-hmm. direct to China, much quicker. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and it also too, like you 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 add in the warranty. A lot of these companies are giving you, you know, anywhere from six months to a year warranty out of the box. And like even with the issues with the ROG Ally, I know a lot of people like bash it for the SD card issue, which we already talked about. But at least they're willing to take care of it. They say, hey, if you have an issue, contact us and give us your serial number, shipping and all this stuff, and we'll get back to you and we'll take care of it. I already did that with mine with because I had an SD card issue and uh, I sent it out. I think mine was only gone for like a week. I got it back. And I'm curious I'll, what uh, they did to it because did they, I wonder if they put like a heat sink or a heat shield on it. Now you got me curious. See, I, I, I think they did. So I'm going to be actually taking mine apart and putting in a two terabyte drive. I finally got one on sale on Amazon, two terabyte. I think it was like 173 on sale. So I'm like, yeah, I need it. Because it, it's just the games are just so massive. 512 gigs is not enough. It's just not. 
you know, I mean, Starfield's like 120. Like it's it's right. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not, and I don't even with the SD card on my ally, I don't trust it yet. I, that is the one of the downsides. Is I'm like, mm, I'm gonna get a smaller SD card and just play around with it, but I'm not gonna have install <laughs> right. it or like right? use one of my nicer cards yet. Right. So it's like you know, and that's just the thing. Like I, I'm just like I need because I think about going with a two ter- or like a one terabyte because there's like a couple there, sixty three, seventy three on the Amazon, and I'm like, that's cool. But then I'm also gonna want some emulation. And some for like um, you know some room for homebrew games that I like to play, mm-hmm. especially through the be you know the Beats of Rage engine. So I'm like I need that two terabytes. So Starfield already like you said over 130 gigs. Uh, Baldur's Gate three is already 130 some gigs plus the updates. So that's another 10 20 gigs. Diablo yeah. four is already like close to 100 gigs. Uh, Call of Duty. So I've got uh, Modern Warfare two on there. And that's already 140 and three. So I'm going to be getting Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. And I think that's going to be even bigger. I think that's 170. So I'm like, <clears throat> I don't have enough room for what I want to play. And people, I know folks would be like, oh, just delete and download. I don't want to wait. <laughs> I just want to boot the game up and play it. And yeah. I don't trust the SD, uh, even with this being replaced, like, I don't trust the SD card slot. I just don't. I don't. Just have the fan go really, like, from my understanding, just make sure the fan goes um, really hard. Um, and, and just really try to prevent as much heat on that thing as possible, and you should be good. I'll be doing some tests, I think, eventually on it, depending on if I decide to, to keep the ROG ally or get the Legion. I don't know all depends there's only so much money in this world and i'm just i'm just struggling on do i need five <laughs> of these devices i mean i know i do content on it but it's hard no i and i i understand that too because i'm looking at the the legion go the screen a 2k screen i'm like i like it i like it i like the bigger battery but that screen is going to kill the battery. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll, I'll run my brightness at like 10%. It'll be fine. <laughs> Are you going to run it at full 2K? Um, we're going to see how that all goes down. But I will obviously be doing FSR. And this is the thing I, I tell every time I talk about this. Every time. Because I feel like the community doesn't understand this at all. They literally don't understand, even though they've been subjected to this time and time again. FSR 2 exists. Mm-hmm. It does a good job of upscaling. So 2K is fine. Like, I don't... It's like, what? Is it a 16 by 10 ratio? Like, what, 16 16 by 10, yeah. Okay, yep, so 1,600. Yeah, so, like, perfect. If it's any higher, wait, obviously, I'm going to say it's overkill, I think. But um, anywhere between 1080 and, and uh, or 1,200 by six, uh, or to 1,600 is my sweet spot. And I, and I, honestly, that's one of the things I've noticed. Like, my images are crisper on this uh, mm-hmm. ROG Ally as opposed to the Steam Deck. Like, the screen on the Ally just destroys the Steam Decks in um, pretty much every way. So mm-hmm. it makes it yep. difficult. It, it it really does. And it's like just 
seeing if there's going to be that much of a better screen on the Legion Go. On top of the other features, too. Like, I and I got, I had someone actually, quote unquote, try to call me out on the, the podcast I did uh, talking about that. Because one of the things I said that the Legion Go is going to make maneuvering about Windows a substantially substantially more easier than it is on the ally and i said that one of the things that i have to do like when i dock it because like i dock my ally on the in the, the living room i dock it here sometimes on the bedroom over here the tv and for when i need to do anything i need to have my keyboard and mouse they're wireless to be able to really do anything so someone wanted to call me out because they're like, you just don't know how to use Windows. I'm like, well, when I have it docked, it's not as simple as the deck. Like nobody's touching the deck right now when it comes to simplicity. Mm-hmm. Now with the Go, the Legion Go, being able to detach it. So, hey, I don't have to buy uh, another controller that's, do I have it near me? No, that's another one. That crappy Rikiri Pro controller. I don't have to buy another third-party controller because i can just pull it off and use that i can easily yep. maneuver around windows with a trackpad or if i'm sitting at a desk i can just put it down and move you know that's interesting to me so it's very unique and it's that's one of the things about the one x player 2 that i loved was the detachable con- controllers because then you don't need to con- because with the steam deck when i go on vacation i will take a controller with me mm-hmm. if i don't have to do that awesome right so, like, literally, you can just use this, the controller to maneuver about. You can just pull it off. You don't need to bring another controller with you. It, it's, and then the functionality that it has the trackpad on the right. I love that. The, the mouse capability of it. And then, you know, it having, I was kind of concerned with it having only one fan, but the ventilation seems really good. I love that it has the kickstand, the two USB C ports. And I'm not too concerned with the uh, micro SD card being on the top left because it seems like the heat sinks and everything are on the right side. You know, I have a feeling they're going to make sure that that's not an issue. Right. I'm really surprised if they had issues, too, because then they just are blind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, and I, I'm just I'm really excited for it. And I'm at a point where personally. I would get rid of my ally for that just because I'm looking at like universality of it. I'd probably use that more. And if I take the screen down to 1080p, I'm like, I, I you know, better battery life or even 720p, which I'm fine at that screen size, 720p yeah. to 1080p is perfectly fine. I know people are like, Oh, you want to run it to full resolution. You don't, it's too small to really, and, and then with scaling on Windows, especially that screen size, it's not going to be that great. But, you know, I'm perfectly fine with it. I, I'm just like, I'm ready for it to come out. And I told my wife, I'm like, yeah, I'll get rid of my ally for that. And she's like, where well, are you going to get another device after? I'm like, probably not. Like, unless it's, you know, we have the spare funds to do it, or if I get the opportunity to cover it. Yeah. Or maybe I'll just talk about it, but the Legion go is basically yeah. everything I want in this device. And I'm like, That's, still got, you know, <laughs> the I Neocon is the one I'm really excited for it Has the bigger battery, the bigger screen size, the dual, like, I feel like it, I can do everything I want to test on that. Um, 
as opposed to like it's it's a great counter to the steam deck my only problem is it's not like at the end of the day i'd rather have the legion over that ultimately because the legion is going to be 799 dollars the ionia one is probably going to be in the low to mid thousands there's no way they're going to charge under a thousand for that yeah isn't it i'm assuming maybe 1300 maybe for that one i know people are oh my gosh there's uh, the amount of comments i get (laughs) on price ranges and all this like it's so crazy how wrong people always always are and it's not that quality what i was just like dude don't predict if you don't even know the industry or anything so and i'm about to put my foot in my mouth future foot in my mouth i think it's going to be around eleven hundred dollars um at the base? minimum a thousand and then uh yes for the base one eleven hundred i don't think it's going to okay. get more expensive than the than 14.99 i just there's there's no like they'll make some sales but it wouldn't be worth the r d and manufacturing and all that they'd lose so much money it, it just seems like a really bad move but then again ionia likes to always release tons of new devices so maybe they don't mm. care to lose money <laughs> okay yeah so i i can see that and and yeah even even with that yeah the legion coming in 799 you know which is the the lead price for those who wonder where we're getting the number from I, i've seen people complain about that price saying it's too much and i'm like for what you're getting that's fair yeah you know it's very fair like the z1 extreme processor is great um the screen looks great the detachable i just call them joy cons detachable joy cons kickstand just like unless nintendo hear you you're gonna end up with a lawsuit at your doors you know (laughs) well like everything that this is coming with i'm like i'm i'm satisfied with like it it i'm willing to pay that and if i have to like Mm -hmm sell off the, i mean i will sell this and off too, just for it just it I, and the ar glasses i they knew we that already have we already have ar glasses that work with the deck and i think are the ally right it's yeah just, these are what's it um, the unreal i think so yeah the x-real unreal or it's probably unreal um but I'm curious how they compare and if it's a better experience or about the same. I don't know. Like these look like they were designed almost to work with the Legion mm. in a very symbiotic way. And so it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I'm curious. How much do you think those would be? $299, probably. I think anywhere between it just depends on the tech in them. I don't know much of the tech. I don't see them being more expensive than uh $400 and I don't see them mm. being cheaper than 200 so that's the range I was going to say like if they actually bundle that in with Legion Go at the 799 price <laughs> they they won't no. but if they did depends on depends on how they're made though it really does uh it, yeah and if they did bundles like if they this is if they want to really kill the market I think really make some extra sales bundle it for like um uh, 8.99 mm-hmm. and so maybe a hundred dollar um more then i think i think you might actually sell a lot of those bundles i honestly would be very interested especially if they would work with my steam deck and other devices i'd be very interested at an 8.99 pr- bundle price 
I'd actually like to see more of these devices start bundling things together and start selling. And I think maybe they're in the in the intro phase of like, okay, this is a new thing. This is mm-hmm. the next era of, of PC gaming is becoming more portable. Maybe we'll get more accessories down the road because that is one thing I definitely would say is we're starting to lack a little bit of. So um, in your opinion, with all these other companies hopping in, where do you see the Steam Deck fitting in in this era? Do you think that they're going to need to push out a new iteration, or do you think they're fine? They they need to. So if I was there, um, if I was managing like COO, if I was like managing the roadmap and doing some other stuff, I don't even know if they do CEO kind of style stuff at, at Valve, but I would be frantically researching the not doesn't have to be on this current gen chipset of apus but then so there's amd should be releasing another mobile apu um the next version next i believe the end of next uh year Mm -hmm. i would shoot for that i would be partnering with amd working with them to do some a couple extra pieces and on top of that the way i would do it is a dual type of device where it has it's like the deckard and I, I know I'm going down my whole dream list, but like <laughs> minimum, Steam Deck 2 and then uh, make it to where it's also compatible with like a Deckard project or something like that, where you could have a belt and have it on the, on your belt and then have a VR headset that would become instead of making because they want to make a standalone device, which I'm mm-hmm. fine with, but I would prefer to have a multifunctional device that can hook into uh, a cheaper VR headset and can do a lot more. And with the current, I, I need to test out VR with the ROG Ally um, more, and but I'm pretty confident that the Z1 and up and the, and these newer uh, APUs coming out will be able to do VR um, okay at the bare minimum. So, okay, I know with um, I know with the Ally, I think Bl- uh, I am Blunty, the YouTuber. I think he did some. Uh... I think he did some VR testing with the ally and he's like, you know, without using the XG mobile uh, station, mm-hmm. like he just did it straight. I think he, I forget what he used, either the Oculus or the Vive, I forget which one he used, but he said it and he, he's like, it was working fine. I think he shows some of the gameplay of it. So it's very capable, you know, and, and it's just, yeah. It really Maybe depends on the game. When it, yeah. When, when VR, it really depends on the game, which VR headset, how many pixels you're pushing. I have the index. I, I'm and I don't have anything else right. Well, technically, I do have a brother-in-law that has something else. But uh, so I can always test maybe two different VR devices. But I do want to try the index with the Ally and just Half-Life Alex. Honestly, if Half-Life Alex it works on it, it's going to have my stamp of approval because that's the best VR game. See, I need to get a Valve Index. I gotta, I gotta convince the wife to do it because she's you okay. Have a VR? Yeah, well, I've you got do. Um, PlayStation. I got the yeah, I, I got the PlayStation VR two, and then I have, uh, I got the VR one, and then I have, well, I had the HTC Vive for years, and then yeah, just because of that setup and with the move, I ended up like selling it because I'm like, I can't like this place compared to where we used to live is way smaller and with the toddler running around i'm like yeah i don't need her grabbing anything <laughs> oh yeah or punting her 
like try to kick a head crab. <laughs> no. Uh, they need to have like sensors on my feet so I can see my feet and kick things. Oh, I didn't even think that was a thing I needed until right now. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that's what I need. VR needs shoe sensors so I can kick head crabs. I, I'm not going to lie. That's my new favorite sport now. It's just punting things in video games. Sorry, I went down. <laughs> I went down a fantasy lane that I did not realize I needed. Oh my gosh. Um. So, with the uh, yeah, um, with the Half Life Alex, you can use any headset technically. It's best with Index, but um, a lot of the other ones work. And it sounds like there's even. Um, third-party software that you can get for the PlayStation, like the new PlayStation 5 uh, VR, the the VR, the PSVR 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's even rumors of Half-Life Alex maybe coming to PS5, which I think would be smart. I don't think Valve is going to have anything against that. I just don't think they like dealing with publishers and other things. So depending on how yeah. that works out, um, we'll see how it goes because that is an experience that very few people have had and the ones that have like there's a project right now to make it a two, like um no vr half um half-life alex and uh-huh. it's just not the same it's it's cool but it is people so many people missed out on this revolutionary piece of game hardware melding so yeah my tangent's over uh, speaking of vr headsets so have you seen some of the discussion that's been going on regarding the playstation vr 2 where you've had uh i forgot i think it's uh ryan something he's one of these game journalists that uh said that the problem with psvr 2 is that there's no games there's like no no companies are making any games for it and he got called out so badly by all the devs and it's crazy because i'm over here looking looking at this and this is where like like i don't mind when people make spicy or hot takes but make them at least with some like realm of reality to back yeah. them because like the psvr2 maybe the initial launch wasn't great the pricing mm-hmm. mm, the only way you could get it initially was going through uh playstation themselves but they have had a lot of support for that thing there's a lot of games constantly coming out so it's like it was wild for me to hear that and then hearing other people parrot it or people talk about oh yeah you know no one cares about the psvr and i'd be like and i i (sighs) i contested folks i'm like okay so have you used it they're like oh no i haven't i'm like yo it's great it's one of the best vr experiences just plug it in and go and you're it, like, from my understanding, it's pretty much the best VR headset you can get right now. Um, it beats the index because it doesn't need a lighthouse setup, some other stuff in that case. And I also think visually it, it potentially beats it too. But um, I mean, I, I, the index is so good, but it's so ex- expensive. So at the end of the day, I'm definitely going to say PlayStation. I even I haven't tried it out yet. I would definitely, it, it, if they'd open it up, I don't know how much it costs them, but if they open it up just to be compatible with, um valve and steam and all these other device uh like pc it'd probably sell a lot more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah some i personally would replace mine with with that maybe even i that mean with need to 
with what it can do, like some of the VR games that uh, I find to be incredibly immersive and just intuitive with it, uh, Resident Evil Village, uh, Resident Evil 4 remake in VR, I got to test that. It's really good. I watched you stream, I watched you stream Resident Evil Village with it and it looked really fun. Bro, I was terrified. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, it's VR is can be it's a super immersive. So if you like to be scared, that is the perfect, perfect device. But uh. I I remember I played uh, the first time I ever played Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. I played that in VR. Like my audience was like, here, we're going to donate so you can go and get PSVR 1 and the game mm. and i play i was so terrified because like i love horror games but i'm a chicken shit so <laughs> so i played that whole thing start to finish and i was like man at first i was like oh, i can't deal with with uh what's his name the baker guy like constantly popping through walls and chasing me and then when i started getting weapons i'm like yeah headshot boom headshot i'm like yeah i'm coming for you but um no i mean vr and as I've tried to explain to a lot of people, like I think I had um, David Jagnow uh, from First Contact Entertainment. I, I had him on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Crap, I need to upload that episode. Um, where he, <laughs> we, we we talked, bro. It's just so much going. We talked extensively about VR and how the way that people really should look at VR is it's its own platform. Like, yeah, it's tethered to pc and console but at the same time it's still its own platform with its own library and compared to where vr was say 10 years ago you know or longer or you know less or longer it's come a long Mm -hmm. way you know the valve index like i don't have it but i know you have it it's amazing to you david said it was amazing he's got that the HTC, uh, what is it? The Oculus, not HTC, but the Oculus uh, mm-hmm. Quest, I've heard are amazing. And I think the Quest 3 is coming out, and then they got the, the Pro. Yeah. They're great. You know, the PSVR 2, they, they've come so far in the last decade that it's really a great experience. And a lot of people, I feel, are writing off VR as just some novelty thing that people aren't interested in. But there's only so many innovations we can keep doing with first person, in my opinion, first person shooter games or first person games in general with how they are now versus putting them on a VR and letting you get fully immersed in it. And that's, that's where we're heading. And a lot of people I don't see, or at least I don't assume or think that they know the VR is not a fad. This is a very booming industry and more people are hopping on it than people realize. And I think, especially when you're on these social media platforms, like X, I almost said Twitter, Twitter, we'll just say that Twitter and all these others, right? Like when you're on these platforms, you're kind of, especially with how the algorithm of of, uh, FYP or for you works, you see mostly what you interact with and what you like. So you can be completely missing another conversation or, or or developments of how things are going because it doesn't hit your algorithm. So when people are like VR is a dead thing or PSVR 2 has no games, 
really you need more context. You can't just jump at that because there's a lot more than you realize. Yep. No, it's I've always said this too, even since day one, people are like it's dead, and then like, you know, years later, um, it doesn't feel like there's as many um potentially specific games on PC coming out, and people are just mm -hmm. like, Oh, well, see, it's dead. And it's like, well, no, it's got its own ecosystem. People that play VR are excited for these types of games coming out. I don't think VR is going to die, but it's definitely a little bit of a lull area, and we need a couple of really good games and tech to elevate things. And it's, I don't know where things are going to go. I mean, obviously, it'd be nice to get more of a virtual reality of plugging in, kind of like some of the shows we watch, even though they tend to be dystopian in concept of negative die in the you know in the game you die in the real world um but that's what people are like expecting and wanting and vr doesn't fully bring that but i'm always gonna i'm gonna preach it half-life alex man but i'm a huge half-life fan like i'm gonna preach half-life every day but half-life alex is so good and it's definitely it could convert so many people over to vr if they just tried it so okay i'm gonna let you in on something i was talking to uh some of the folks have been at Namco and there's something that from software wants to implement into Armored Core 6 and it's um, a VR mode for PSVR 2 and for PC and they want to have it where you're in the cockpit and it feels like you're yeah. doing the whole Gundam thing. And I'm like that if they did it with how good that game is. And especially in VR and really had you've immersed like your motions are moving around like you're grabbing the gears and everything. <clears throat> I think that would be the most definitive mech experience we've had since Steel Battalion on the original Xbox. <laughs> Is that the is that the one that came with like the huge setup? The steel battalion, yeah. yeah. I remember selling that when I worked at GameStop back in the day. Uh, it was so cool. I was so jealous um, because we only had a few and people bought it. It was it was so cool. Yeah, honestly, VR mech, give it to me. Gundams, whatever. I I would love to be in the cockpit. That that's actually would be another great experience as long as I have my feet sensors that I can kick around other mechs. That's all I want. I just want, I want to punt things, I guess now it's, <laughs> uh, I want to, I, I want VR for dead space where I can punt the babies and those things. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'll, I won't, uh, I won't be able to stop thinking about this. Doom would be a whole new thing, man. If I could just kick things. Do imagine bullet storm <laughs> with those boots? Because the kicking is a big proponent of that game. But you're getting that game in VR for PSVR 2 and for PC. Can we get a sequel? Like, that game ended on a cliffhanger, and that game is, like, over a decade-plus old. Like, come on, Gearbox. Can we get something new? Yeah, okay, if I, if we're going to be doing requests that are near impossible, uh, I would like a Half-Life 3. Isn't there a rumor? Well, that's always been a rumor. It's <laughs> been a rumor. Uh yeah no it's always been a rumor no there's there's going to be a Half Life three and the reason why is if you actually watch or uh not watch but I guess you can watch it too but play Half Life Alex there's a ton of hinting at the end so 
that alone is worth checking that out and they kind of i think what the problem was is that they wrote themselves into a hole on half-life like not a hole but like into kind of like a corner with half-life 2 and they Mm. were planning on doing all those episodic pieces um past a certain point and they never got to episode three and some other places so uh they just they didn't actually i guess it was at the end of episode two they just didn't know where else to go so they had to rewrite it um with half-life alex going deep into half-life i know that's not what this podcast is about but (laughs) that's my lore that i love Okay, so we should definitely be on the look. See, now you you look. I'm you giving me more fuel to convince my wife to let me get because my birthday is around the corner, literally a month and seven days away. So I'll see. So like you're gonna go to sleep what three more times? And you'll it'll be your birthday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it feels like. That's how often you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's let's also talk about um, Baldur's Gate three. How have you liked that so far? Okay, I'm going to be very honest. Okay. Very honest. Okay. i am put seven hours into that game so far, so not as much as I'd want to. I am still haven't ventured outside of that. What is that place called? It's it's the Druid uh, Sanctuary area. Yeah. I I have not gotten past that place yet. I have gone and talked to everything, looked at everything, saved the game, crashed through uh, certain areas you're not supposed to, just to, just to have fun. And that game is so immersive for what it is. Like I am impressed. It almost makes me wish there was a first person mod for it or something like that. Because I'll be fair, I'll, or not fair, but honest, like it's kind of got that turn-based XCOM style mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to combat. I'm fine with that. Uh, it's not it's not my favorite, but the game's so and that's just goes to show you how good the game is. It's not my favorite, but the game's story and everything is so good. And I just can't get past that first area. And also it's 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 the decision fatigue, right? It's mm. sometimes I'll linger in areas because I'm like, what are these these decisions going to how are they gonna affect me later on in the game? And I'm just like stressed. So um i am 40 hours in and i've done the i finished the druid area i've gone to the goblin camp i have made it to the village that the goblins destroyed and i made it to one other area and people are probably gonna be like for that's you've only done that in 40 hours there's so much to do in this game it's it's one of those games where like i think i said in my review that you can't if you're gonna play Baldur's gate 3 there's no way you're gonna be able to be like oh i'm gonna play this for 10 15 minutes and put it down because this is a game you need a dedicated hour or two to really do even the minimal stuff yeah there's just it's it's and when you have kids and a family it's incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. No, it's 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 one of the. I still want to get it set up on the Steam Deck and get used to the controls on there and try to play it that way. But I, yeah, and I don't play it on streaming. Any, I don't stream it anymore. 
So mm-hmm. I, I'm trying not to like, so my kind of rule sometimes is that if I become too boring while playing or too involved where I'm like, I'm not chatting with chat or doing anything, why stream it? So mm-hmm. um, I'm not playing it as much right now because I'm not streaming it. And that's been more my free time. I've actually been going through Ghostwire Tokyo um, on like the date night thing. That game is so good. It's so different. It's so it weird. Is. You have to, so for first person shooter, like I guess um, Japan does, because that's Japanese made, right? I'm assuming because of the whole. Uh, yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, Tango Works with uh, Bethesda. The, okay, that's right. That's right. The Resident Evil guy, uh, creator, yeah. Shinji Mikami. Yeah, so that was his last game with Bethesda and took uh, Tango Game Works. That makes sense. Like the, the the first person controls on that are just a little different. They're kind of like Resident Evil first person controls, where it's like not my typical uh, how you'd expect Call of Duties and all that first person to work. But mm-hmm. I'm really diverging. I've been playing that because it's easy for <laughs> me to chat while I just screw around and. <laughs> take out demons or whatever it is really easy for me to screw around in that in Baldur's gate three um i will screw around a little bit but i'm like i the choices i make in this other one aren't as big a deal as the choices i make in this and i like having a good ending a good enough ending and the last metro pissed me off because the way they did their ending they're ending so much stuff it's mm. (laughs) Mm. so i'm boring when i play that i'm i I bet you like some of my i'm sure some of the people that were watching me were fine with it but for the most part i i felt boring and i don't like feeling boring when i'm streaming (laughs) what and that leads into another conversation too which a lot of people may not understand like when it comes to streaming it's more than just us as a content creator streaming the game we have to do stuff to entertain you, the viewer. And it, it's and I'm running into that same issue with like Baldur's Gate 3 because there's so much that requires you to be involved that trying to be entertaining and have commentary as well as playing the game correctly, it's a bit overwhelming. So I'm like, I think last week was the last time I was going to stream that because I'm like, I, I need to play something else because... I get so engrossed in the story that I'm like, oh crap, I'm streaming. (laughs) Oh yeah, I need to talk. It's one of the games, it's not very many games do this to to me, but it's one of those games that um, because of that, I don't enjoy the game as much, but I'm like, well, I'm going to enjoy the game a lot more if I just play it on my own. Mm -hmm. It's not usually the case. Let's say um, horror games, survival games, stuff like that are actually really fun to stream. I'm hoping Mm -hmm. Starfield's going to be fun too. This one also runs the risk of me getting too deep and not whatever but we'll see i i have a i have a good feeling that it'll be fine with starfield but um with uh um what was it it's a specific game that i was i was streaming i i i'm once again <laughs> my brain is uh is only half working today um <laughs> but yeah it, it's oh amnesia so Amnesia, That's the newest Amnesia game. bunker. I'm not the biggest Amnesia fan. I'll be I'll be fair. The, the original ones, I just could never get into them much. Amnesia bunker is so good. It gives gets you into action early on. It's the whole premise. I didn't know that. That's what I was missing with this type of title, and I, I really liked it. 
Um, and the reason I say that is because, you know, it's got the jump scares. It's it's a good cadence of action to being quiet and chatting with chat and stuff like that. So I liked it. If we we're going to okay. talk about streaming. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, and that's the whole thing, too. With um, I, I guess we can dive into, like, content creating and um, yeah. how you feel about being in a space um, with making content for YouTube podcasting streaming like they're all they're three very different aspects of creation uh but to the the viewer it may not seem like there's much involved with it but there's a lot especially when it comes to the streaming aspect you have to have your streamer face mm -hmm. entertainer face on and podcasting you gotta have topics or guests and you gotta be able to maintain for however long the podcast is gonna go and then for youtube content you gotta hook people in the first 30 seconds to a minute so like where do you feel you are with all of these different uh avenues of content creating like how do you feel um it's really difficult uh i like so we're going to throw in, I know it's not quite the same, but I'm going to throw it in there. Game development in the way that I'm doing is a little bit of a, I mean, a creationist kind of thing. It's just me on this on the video game I'm making right now. So it's a battle to find time to like handle all four of those pieces. The podcast is the easiest one for me in the sense mm -hmm. of, um, I mean, I need to find more guests soon, but I'm not too concerned at this moment as I've had tons of guests on already. Um, but I, uh, the streaming is really fun to do, but, um, I do it more for fun right now. And as a, as a little extra hook to hang out with some of my community slash I, if I'm going to play a lot of these different games that I plan on playing, I might as well be streaming as my, usually my policy. That's why mm -hmm. I stream technically. Um, if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't stream very often because just too many irons in the fire kind of thing can be bad and i'm already feeling like that's the case and so we'll see what i do content creation in the future wise i don't make as many videos on youtube as much um, i'm trying to get back into that it's just when it comes to the creative juices and stuff like that I've just lost a little bit of it when it comes to like guides and certain things. I like to talk about things still, but I it like to do it in a more natural way. Yeah. I like to do it in a more natural podcast way. Um, plus on top of that, uh, so I, I'm, I'm struggling. Um, Susie, my wife's helping a little bit, um, but we also have kids and just everything. And it's just finding that balance of like, okay, how much time am I going to put into my video game? How much time am I going to put into the channel? How much time am I going to put in the streaming? How much time am I going to put in the podcast? Um, I need to play some games. I don't need to play every game. I need to play some games. So I'm going to be streaming. I, the podcast I think is a good, uh, we'll see. It takes a lot to get a, I feel like it takes a lot to get a podcast up and running because you know, just, there's so many out there. There's so much to keep compete with. Mm -hmm. Um, that you know there's the podcast those are my two like low-hanging fruits i don't have to prepare a lot for mm -hmm. um but they do require different you know like you said faces and stuff like that you have to be entertaining you have to do well still it doesn't this doesn't mean you get to walk away free um the youtube is the one i'm kind of sacrificing right now a little bit 
Um, I'm trying to pivot and find a way to just more or less cover things without having to be, I'll still do the research. I'll still, I still look at game news and all that, but like um, reduce it back down to how I, how I kind of did it last year where I'm not making very elaborate videos. I'm making more 10 minutes talking about a subject like I did this last week with the Legion Zero, uh, with the Legion Go. I find that those do some of the, the mid range best meaning, meaning it's not like it's going to be a 50,000 view video where if I put a ton of time into it, that's a chance, but I've also had um, flops doing that too. Um, but it's not as like low as podcast long form content like that will do decent, but it's not going to be pushed as hard. It's, it's that middle ground of like 10 minutes. And as long as I can catch the pe uh, people within the first little bit, mm -hmm. I really am trying to follow that pattern. Cause then I can, I could release almost a video a day if I went back to something like that. It's just my content and what I'm able to cover is a little more, um, more vague, not, maybe not vague. It's just not, there's not as much where, mm -hmm. I still have a video I want to make of like a hundred different things you can do on the steam deck. And that's just going to take a long time to make. I'm still been doing research on it for the past few months, but yeah, sorry. I went really long into all that. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. And, and, you know, I can relate to that in many ways. Like it, it the doing the guides for the steam deck really killed my drive. Because it's such an involved process. And then, like, you get to the point where you can make the steps as easy as possible for people to do. And then they're going to think you're Geek Squad and come to you with every little thing. And I just got and to they, a point. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and they get outdated. And they get outdated. So that's the thing. I actually don't mind doing guides per se. It's the. I don't, I just got tired of doing things over and over again. And then I'm, when I was, I've made probably four guides that have not released in the past uh, eight months. People, I've, some people might know this, but some people might not um, in the communities. I just, because I get done with it, and I'm like, okay, and now it's time to edit. And I'm like, but when am I going to have to redo this? And like, three, like, I could go into so many different reasons why. I just got into like, fatigue on having to repeat myself worrying about all these other things i'm already having like i get like I'm, the thing is a lot of my subs a lot of my growth do come from those guides because they're evergreen content mm -hmm. um so it's it's hurt my channel not releasing them but i just for the sake of sanity i just have not been doing it i'd, I'd rather just hand that um that off to some other content creator that wants to do it yeah i mean and i feel the same way like i know i've I've had a lot of people ask me where your guys for the ally you know guys who do emulation guides so okay i'll address one thing the reason i have not been doing emulation guides so when i did that for the deck last year i got in some very hot water with nintendo <laughs> they're ninjas <laughs> they they nintendo came at me like really hard they're like hey um we wanna keep working with you but not if you're gonna be doing this so i'm like that's not worth losing that relationship over 
Um, but other than that, like with the other guys, it's just, you know, I, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, I know they do well. You know, mines have done very well for me, but it's just the thing of time, you know, especially for uh, with everything going the way it is now, you know, expecting again, having a toddler, you know, my girls are going to be coming back over here. So it's like I have less time to do that than I did before. I don't yeah. have the space either. So when I was doing the guides last year, we were in the house. Uh, since we, we got this condo, it's a lot less space, and I don't have a dedicated room. So, like, we had a, a four-bedroom uh, house, and um, I had a room dedicated for content. Like, So I had my setup, my wife had her setup, and we could just go in the room and do whatever. One would be out with the kids, and that's that's how it was. But with how it is now with this two bedroom condo we have, they're both of the bedrooms are occupied. And so like I have this setup and her setup in the main bedroom and I've got, you know, a Mac studio in the living room and everything like that for when we need to work out there. And it's just a situation where it's like, it's always noisy because the walls, they're not super thin, but like, I try to do it without, like, when I record, I want to be able to record and do everything in one go. I can't do that now. So I'll have to, like, get the mount, put the phone on it, try and, you know, record what I'm doing through OBS where I'm talking, and then have oh. the camera and try to sync all that. It's such an involved process. It's, oh, my God. <sighs> I really, I, yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you on that one. I really, that was another thing I think I really hated was trying to get screen captures of the Steam Deck. I, that was a big, 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 I know it's not the biggest deal, but for me, it was such an inconvenience. Sometimes it'd work. Sometimes the recordings wouldn't work. It was just all over the place. Now, those, those videos do well. Mm -hmm. It's just, um, it was not worth my sanity. No. It's it's just not. I mean, and, and I've gotten, you know, I'm okay if a video for okay for me, and I get mocked for saying this, but I, if a video for me does 250 views at minimum, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it. Like, mm -hmm. I understand, and, and this could be going into like the weeds of content creating, but like. Yes, I have almost 30,000 subscribers, but I've also shifted genres so many times over the last near 10 years. So I had folks that initially came through for the unboxings, folks when I was doing phone tech, folks when I was doing just hardware tech, then when I started doing podcasts exclusively, then when I was doing streaming exclusively. Like I have so many different audiences, Like and anyone who has a following can tell you all this your sub count doesn't correlate to your viewership for videos or streams it, it just doesn't i mean some folks can have an audience that is that dedicated but not everyone has that so mm -hmm. i have a core audience and it may look like i've had i had one person um say to me yesterday they're like like it's it's pretty embarrassing you have what you have as far as subs but your views are so low and i'm like it is what it is like yeah i, I can't be mad at it 
like and they're like yeah but if you just niche down i said i could but my feet my feet are in too many different things for me to do that and it just is what it is but like i miss having videos doing 20 30 40 50 thousand views but i'm also content with the fact that i'm still averaging over 200,000 views a month so i'm like the total that's true you know views are pretty good mine (laughs) if we want to go to like the metrics mine have dropped a lot over the past year but i also have released a lot less content this year it's interesting um it's such an interesting thing because i i can make videos that are going to reach into the 10 like up to about 10 plus thousand um i know i know that I just know that I can do it. It's just mm-hmm. some of those videos I just don't want to make as much anymore. Um, I like doing news. I like uh, speaking my mind on stuff. I like um, How doing do some you speak tricks. Your mind? <laughs> well, just some, you know, everyone speaks their mind on YouTube. And so you got to build a rapport with people. And also, it's just, there's, there's a ton to that. So I, I know how to get it into the thousands it, fairly e- like fairly easy with some exceptions of I obviously have some bombs. Um, but at the end of the day, if I have just a couple of hundred, like I'm happy to with that. So I'm like, hey, at least people consumed it. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's sometimes trying to, I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's and, interesting. And it's one of the things too, is like a lot of people get really caught up in the metrics of it like i have a friend who i helped get into content creating and networking with companies and such you know i remember when she started and to where she's at now you know she started i want to say she came to me in like 2017 2018 like hey i want to how do i work, reach out to companies and review stuff like i'm buying all this stuff and i i like it i just want to s- start reviewing so and I taught her and a bunch of other people how to reach out to the companies. Like there's a process and everything for those who are wondering, there's a way to reach out. There's a way to formulate things and having a, a pitch deck or a media deck, like all that stuff. And, um, you know, she went from like 20 subscribers to, I think she's at about to hit 40,000 and you know, I'm proud of her for that growth and, and for every company she's partnered with, and like she's partnered with more companies than me. Uh, the only thing that I don't like, and I've told her that, so this isn't shade. I don't like when it got to that point where we're looking down on people who have less followers or subs or people who get opportunities that you're not getting. And then we want to crap on them. Like that was something I, that happened recently where people were getting the Starfield stuff, and then she was kind of crapping on them. And I, I know other people were doing the same thing too, like uh, case in point with the LA event for Final Fantasy 16. So I got a jacket and I got the game. And other folks, I'm looking down on you. I need to stand up. I'm going to look down on you now <laughs> or look up because, you know, I'm done. No. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. No, so, it's, it, I'm, I'm joking, by the way, but, <laughs> but I, 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 I really, really like the concept of Starfield. That's why I'm saying this. So. You, you know, it's, it's, it's just an interesting thing. You know, when I, I, I see it because I've seen this 
for the last near decade I've been doing this where people who, and I think we may have talked about this before, like a lot of people not prepared for the amount of attention or growth that they get. And for a lot of people who aren't equipped for it, or maybe, maybe it wasn't you I was talking to about that. I was talking to we've one of my friends. This subject I think much. we, yeah, we've, we've we, talk, we may have. We've talked about this subject, uh, whether or not you brought up certain points, I don't know. But I mean, my whole thing on the, the it is, I'm surprised at how much attention I get right now. Like, so I couldn't imagine what it'd be like if I had more subs slash viewers and stuff like that. I, um, my my community cycles in and out of watching me, uh, depending on who the person is. But it's it's just fascinating that I have a community and, and people that watch me right now. And that there's so many more pe- content creators out there. Yeah, you know, and it's it's the the thing that, and, and I'm going to give you a lot of credit for this because I've seen it in over the year that I've known you, you know, you value the people who watch your content. They're not just a number or metric. And a lot of people lose sight of that. Like, I know a lot of creators that are massive and some maintain that level of humbleness like hey if it mm-hmm. wasn't for these people i wouldn't be where i'm at others are like well man my metrics and i just need this or they just look at people as a number instead of an yeah. actual human being so there's a there's an ethical and moral aspect to it that and i'm not going to go too deep into it but a lot of people lose themselves in this uh i guess quasi celebrity uh that we have now with content creating and it's unfortunate you know and i and i really you know i I try my best to just like stay grateful for everything that i have because like i i i you know one i'm blessed to be able to do what i'm doing and i understand that you know there's a, a privilege that comes with that and it's not something everyone can do but i also I don't want to look at the companies or the PR people or the individuals I worked with or anything that or people that support me as just a number because these are living, breathing people. So it's, you know, I, I just want to say to people who, you know, if you're a content creator listening to this or watching this, don't forget where you come from and don't forget the value of those who support you because. Yep. When you get to a point where you're growing and growing and you lose sight of that, you should become, in my opinion, and this is my opinion alone, but the more success you have in this field, I think you should celebrate it and be happy about it. Not get to a point where feeling like someone is taking from you because they get something you're not getting. You know, that's. Oh, I agree. I agree with that. Like, that's the thing. When it comes to, like, let's say, the Starfield stuff, it depends on, like, how good of a relationship did you um, grow with the company and with the different contacts you have. It's a complicated thing. Just because you didn't get something doesn't mean um, that you're less than. If you think that, oh, hey, I deserve this and that, hey, I have this many, then you need to get a reality check. Um, yeah. Yeah. Personally, I'd and like quickly. to see some <laughs> people, some bigger creators get those reality checks. It's coming a little bit more because eventually things fall apart, and there's been a lot of YouTubers that have been falling apart lately. 
yeah. um, having to write songs for forgiveness kind of thing. And, uh, yeah. Oh God, I remember that one. <laughs> uh, there's just a lot. There's a lot, a lot yeah. of like you just hear. I could name a couple of YouTubers on, um, but I'm not going to. Of just how they let the success get to their head and they treated everyone in their in their life like garbage they treated their fans eventually like garbage and they were hypocrites at the end of the day um they debunked things and they ended up being pretty much ha half the people they debunked yeah it's uh yeah which is a reason you need to have a tether i would say something that tethers you to reality and i think too many times uh, and i will say the pandemic didn't help because a lot of us got cooped up and many of us were able to deal with being cooped up you know others not so much but uh, you know we've gotten a lot of people that they've gotten this boost of eyes on them popularity fame whatever you want to call it and it just um they they lost sight of who they are because things are just coming at them so fast and you know money opportunities all that situations you know they don't define you they reveal who you are and yeah. when you a lot of people i think my friend avidon said this a lot of people we're seeing that have gotten these massive egos and have yet to have these reality checks and it's really due to a lot of um you know, lack of attention from them either growing up or in school, not being popular, being insecure, stuff like that. And it's it's when they get it, then they have these massive chips on their shoulders. And I get it. I get like I remember being told when I was working for Hawaii Pacific Health when I was doing IT for them. I remember when I decided to go into doing content creating, you know, I had a boss uh, and I had a coworker. I specifically remember him, Eric Ching, because. I, I I hate I I hate this guy. <laughs> I remember <laughs> him telling me that you know I was too old and I was too stupid to be able to do this. I'd never be able to do it. And if I want to go into content creating to be successful, I probably should have done it ten years ago. And this is back in 2014, 2015. That's so and, stupid. <laughs> and it's like, and I run into him now. Like I ran into him uh, over the weekend, and he was like, "Oh, you're still doing your little YouTube thing?" I was like, "Yeah, go look it up." And he's like, holy shit. I was like, yeah, fuck you. But thank you. But fuck you. At the same time. But, you, you know. Like, go fuck yourself. You're right. But it, it, it's, <laughs> it's just, you know, like, it's just one of those things where it's like, have a tether. You know, for me, it's my, it, it's, it's completely my wife who keeps me tethered, you know. And, and you know, I'm very grateful to her because there have been so many situations i've been in you know many i've shared with you and many that you know i've just experienced where i'm just like what the fuck is going on like this isn't this just doesn't seem real and especially when it goes to twitter it seems mm. like that that's real life and that's that's coming in on you like for example i throw this out there um i almost got canceled or actually i did get canceled by a voice actor who was formerly a very close friend of mine for the trail series who's also in the zelda game as Rivali. 
I got canceled by him because I interviewed the voice of Broly in 2019. But and I didn't know all the controversy, but that was the thing where it was people were really into calling folks out. It was anything. needed. Here's the thing. Here's my thing with this. And I, uh, <laughs> there, like the Me Too thing got a way aggressive, but there's been so, and it, it revealed a lot of corruption. And we already did with yeah. Hollywood. It was needed. The problem when you let things fester for too long. The rubber band effect is so harsh yeah. and um, plenty of people I w- I've watched that have been on multiple different uh, areas when it comes to political spectrum or whatever. I've been canceled and they do fine. As long as you don't do something horrible, which I, I could bring a couple of more YouTubers into this. Um, <laughs> as long as you don't do something truly horrible that both or multiple uh, sides hates, you're going to mm-hmm. you're going to be re- you're going to rebound. Yeah, um, and I know who you're talking about. We've talked about this a little bit. Um, I love that voice actor. Um, I, He's I, great. I, yeah, I, I, I. At the end of the day, um, you gotta, especially if you know someone well enough or whatever it is. Sometimes you don't need to say anything unless more comes out. Sometimes it's just best to wait. Yeah, so people like, don't understand and, and that they they <laughs> don't like you know, and this is this is probably the issue with the digital era in general. And we definitely see it in content creating. Everyone wants to be first, not so much being correct. My friend, Don Tony, a wrestling podcaster and YouTuber, he always likes to say, I care more about being correct than being first. And by being correct, I don't get the traffic that I would by being first, but you, I also don't leave a situation where you can come at me yeah. Because I was wrong. So in this, in the case with like, and, and for those who are wondering, I interviewed Vic Mignogna. I don't condone any of the stuff he was he was uh, accused of. You know, I was invited to Hawaii Con to interview him, the son of the creator of Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, it's a very popular D and D. Who's on? I forgot the the what's the. Critical role. She's on Critical Role. Critical role. Uh, uh, um, yeah. uh, neurological. I interview her. She's mm-hmm. a friend of mine. I got to interview a lot of people. So, like, when it got shifted to I'm supporting Vic, I was like, I'd never said that. And, like, even when people who were coming at me for re- interviewing him, I'm like, did you even look at the podcast? Because all we talked about was music, Star Trek, and voice act. That was it. Because, you know, and yeah. I didn't I, I didn't even know there was drama. And I understand there is a time and place and a need to call out wrongdoing in people. But when it gets to a point where we don't discern who yeah. we're calling out, that's when it became a problem. And that, that situation, it took me a year and a half to rebound from. Because... I got 86 from voice actors for a year. I also got 86 from game companies because that specific voice actor actually went on Twitter, tagged every company I worked with and told them not directly told them not to work with. And it got to a point I went on my, uh, that's such a garbage move. I honestly think that's almost as bad. 
I know that sounds harsh. I'm not going to say as bad as I agree <laughs> or anything, but just almost as bad as like, just it's, it's so bad. Um, doing yeah. that type of thing. I really don't like it when people call other people out in that type of way. Uh, there's more ways to handle that. It's not like you're the one that committed anything. It's not like, and even if it's just, it's just all, it does depend on all this, but yeah, it's, it, I don't like it. Bro, I got thrown into like the political fire. People are like, oh, he's right wing. He's he's a Trump supporter. He's this. I'm like, bro, I'm I I just interviewed a guy. I like that's literally hey, all I hey, did. It's okay. It was a great interview. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'll get into some tr- Trump trouble. Bruh, bruh, <laughs> that's that's literally all I did. And it was just crazy because like folks are just uh, going wild about that and i'm like it is not that serious and it's like yeah. it, it literally like i i i rebounded in 2021 that's that's because 2020 it, it was just nuclear and i'm just like man i don't like and i don't even know if i told you this like my wife was she is and isn't a content creator uh and really it's because she actually got canceled over some stupid because she put out a tweet my wife is not political if you really talk to any hawaiian they're really not political at all we're not really concerned with anything outside of hawaii but um she put out a tweet uh asking because i think uh, aoc she got partnered on twitch the first and only time she streams so my wife is like how does she get partnered like a question of curiosity like yeah how how because you know these are the things we have to go through like is there you know are we doing it wrong and the amount of folks mm. uh that came out against her like uh uh black girl gamers black girls who code uh like a lot of the blm folks went so hard on her calling her oh who's this white person this this and this attacking her like some of the vilest shit she was and she was like i'm done so she she still makes content here and there and we still do the podcast but like because of that she's like i'm i'm good i just asked a question and people came at me and it was yeah, unnecessary. And it was on it was on twitter yeah that's yeah twitter man you get the you get the cesspool people coming out when you um yeah, anytime you take any side, I feel like, and it's gotten much worse because a lot of people mm-hmm. have been unbanned. A lot of people have been unbanned. Um, I I walk by. I, I'm I'm very like gentle when it comes to on there. I want to be spicier, and I've been a little spicier, but I want to be spicier. Um, I just don't feel like I can be. Um, I think that's a good point to ask. Hey, hey, if she was able to get um partnered already, how, why can't I? Now I could, you know, obviously there's going to be favoritisms and stuff like that. I right. Mean, that's it's not like she, eh, at the same time she does have a lot of sway when it comes to her political like viewership. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't need to go down into that. Yeah. No. Right. Right. Nothing wrong with the ask questions as long as you're not being like, uh, "Who's this?" and then just start lambasting them with just insults. Then just ignore them. Don't don't engage in the sense of like as 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 these trolls do. That's what I'm saying. Not your wife. No, like, and that's why like I told her just you know mute the thread or delete it if you want and just you know get off of Twitter. And she she barely goes on it now. 
But like I, I told her, I'm like, it's for your sanity's sake. Don't deal with it. And I was really shocked at the amount of people I personally knew that were egging this on. And I understand oh people were. Ugh. I understand like 2020 was a very, very emotionally charged year. But still, you have to have some discretion with where you're aiming your anger. It can't, you know, if you just swing a sword. The amount of people that I have seen talk about AOC on Twitter, um, there's no reason why uh, that direction would have gone. It's just because they just don't, they they knew it was an easy target and it's it's shameful. Like, they need to be shamed too. It's like, you're going after easy targets because you don't want to be, you know, go after the other people that are really bad um, about some of the stuff. Like, oh, dude, some really of the, some of those groups and people actually came to me about wanting to be part of the charity stuff. I was like, no, <laughs> like, no, it doesn't look good. You can you're, it's OK to say, hey, maybe this is a little insensitive. It's, it's be cordial. That's me. Hey, yeah. you're on the Internet. You can be an asshole if you want. Once you start doing that, and I just maybe you don't act like that in real life. I treat it like real life. Like if I, you know, IRL, if we're sitting in a room, I'd be mm-hmm. expecting you to be slinging that at me, and I ain't dealing with that shit. You can just, yeah, poshly. No, I'm not gonna say the whole thing, but like Russian saying, um, <laughs> you can just leave. And yeah, I don't like dealing with that type of stuff. I feel like cancel culture has become washed out a little bit though um, it has married to different content creators have recovered just fine um whether or not I, and i would just i'll just name a couple if you're fine with that yeah um, go ahead hasnabi he's very left he's been canceled multiple times some of the stuff he said is like oh wow you said that okay and he's recovered fine i feel mm-hmm. like the antidote nowadays to being canceled as long as you're not an abhorrent person and doing illegal stuff that's the stuff that gets a little harder to recover from because there's been a lot of youtubers a lot there's even one in my state just in the last day that did some illegal stuff and i don't think they're ever going to recover um because it's so bad as long as it's not illegal you'll be fine i think i feel like if as long as you put your head down be fine and if someone does attack you i don't think it's bad to defend but hey i think you know be like hey this is really abhorrent behavior but I'll also check myself more in the in the future. But, you know, what you're doing is pretty bad. You know, I don't know. I've never been, had to be in this situation like this, so I can't. Uh, I just like talking. So I'm no, I'm doing my talking head thing and talking about it. <laughs> no, I mean, but, but you're, you're perfectly right on that, which is like. I, I would say, like, for me, I don't I try to be as neutral or milquetoast as possible with anything I post now, because. I'm working with too many brands and I don't want to jeopardize them. And also just internet culture in general. I I think we may have talked about this offline before. I don't find social media as fun as it used to be. It used to be fun. I've never been a big social media person. I like voicing my opinions, um, but I get like now that I've gotten older, I'm fairly political in what I consume nowadays. And, I've the the life I've lived. I'm like I've changed some of the, my ideas on stuff because you know Sorry, spending how saying? much I spent on a, a freaking kid 
is so, ridiculous in the so hospital say- system. <laughs> so, so, so you're saying, sir, you didn't have fun with the MySpace days when we actually when it taught us how to code? <laughs> so <laughs> I did not use MySpace a whole lot. I got it set Seriously. up with my band and all that um, that I liked, the band I liked and some music, but I didn't use it. I was too busy out just having fun with my friends. That's something people don't even do a lot these days. Like go outside. Still, interact. that's another thing I like podcasts. I get to hang out with people and chat with awesome people like you. And I treat it as an interaction that I can talk and have a good time. Definitely something I feel like I can age into as I get older too is doing podcasting because it's like as I get older, I like to talk more and consume more content and regurgitate it out for people to have a beautiful whatever mess they want, but uh, hopefully something useful. So. Okay. So so now that we're talking about ageism a little bit, let me ask you a question. Do you feel I don't know this podcast is yes, all there does place. need to be an age restriction. <laughs> On content creators. No, I'm just kidding. I'm oh, just God. Kidding. This, this, you were expecting this, that to go different ways. I was. <laughs> so, so, so this, I know this conversation is going completely in a different direction than most people would have assumed. But do you feel or have you noticed the gap between our generation and the generation below us? Yeah, it's it's similar to if you want to talk about generations. So you got millennials, you got Gen X. And then you wait. Gen X is the one above us, right? Yeah, they're the one above us. Okay, we're, we're technically they... Y. Okay, yeah, yeah, we're Y. So Gen X, then you have um, Gen Z, and we're like in this middle where we grew up without internet. Like some of us grew up without the internet, some of us grew up into the internet and uh, had to grow into everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we kind of got to see best of both worlds in a lot of ways and be the guinea pigs um it's it's just so bizarre like the like how we had to get content and stuff we had to work for it it sounds mm-hmm. so saying that where <laughs> with gen z my phone's right here i can literally say something and i'll get all the content i want potentially if they want to go that route they're also very savvy but they i will say from a political side I do think they feel, and even millennials feel a little apprehensive. That's another reason why I think gamers are a little bit more um, toxic these days is that I don't think in their personal lives they have a lot going for them because a lot of promises and a lot of things that used to be there for older generations aren't there anymore. Um, And uh, and anyone that wants to fight me on that, I'm more than happy to take that uh, to somewhere else, but like that's just what that's that's the realities, man. No, it the is. statistics don't lie on that. You got to be careful with me these days. Like I have to do a pod- political podcast one of the days just to get this out of me, so I don't say it on game podcasts. But yeah, <laughs> so brother, I yeah. don't mind. You you have the open floor to say whatever you want here. Any look, I can take the arrows in the back, brother. I I, I got my Kevlar on. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and that was when I got canceled the second time (laughs) nothing happened to him but i got canceled again uh no um yeah at the end like when it comes to games though definitely mobile very heavily heavier into mobile or some of them seem to be getting into older games and seeing like what the older generations had to deal with it's it's very weird and i'm not very good at understanding gen z to be honest but it is interesting to see where those trends are going 
it, it's been very interesting to me, like seeing them play old games and complain. Bro, I I saw this one girl that I know, and she's she's Gen Z, and she played. I think she played Final Fantasy VII Remake, loved it. Played Crisis Core Reunion, loved it. Then went on to play the original Final Fantasy VII and then Final Fantasy VI and others. And her complaint, why is there, like, why does it have random encounters? Why are, why do you have to wait to do stuff? I don't understand. How did y'all play games back then? And I'm just like... Uh, <laughs> To be fair, they've haven't like gaming has morphed. Right. Even my play styles, I would not pick up a game quite like Final Fantasy as quickly nowadays. Right. Even some of the games that would be that are RPGs are, even though they look the similar or they'll do certain things similar, the um, other mechanics have been improved. So I get it. Final Fantasy VII is a really interesting title, and I could see some. People old school, like some Gen Zers, enjoying the old school. Like, oh well, this is what they had to go through. This is crazy because some people like the challenge, and I can see other people just like. Because even me, sometimes when I go back and play some of them, I'm like, I know why we improved this. I'm not. <laughs> I'm nostalgia filled, but I'm only nostalgia filled for a couple of things, and Half Life is one of them. So Half Life, Starcraft, and I think those things hold up pretty well. Other games, I'm a throwist. I'm a throwist. Said you, <laughs> this right here, House of the Dead, the new one. It's not as good as the one we used to play in arcade. Because you didn't have you did, it's because it's not an arcade. Arcades was the best. You had to wait for your movie or you hang out at an arcade or whatever it is, man. Good times. It, it really is. So I, I know we're we're going a little long and I I'm uh bring it back and then we can we can wrap up. But um oh. one of the things that I definitely want to say, like with gaming discourse now, um and I'm definitely curious to get your Good topic since we're already on it. Um, with how toxic people are now, like, and, and you could say, like, we grew up in the era where there was actual console wars, we grew up in that era, and oh, it, it was good console of O2, oh, right? I'm just kidding, like, you know, like, <laughs> it, you know, we can talk about how it was back in the day, but like, even then, it wasn't the way it is now, where like people insult, like, oh, I've seen folks say, oh, you use an Xbox, you must have a low IQ if you play on that, or you know, you use a Switch, or you use, you play on PlayStation. Like, it's so weird, and and maybe it's so, weird to me. I'm just assuming yeah. it's weird to me because I remember when nerd culture was not popular, and you got picked on and bullied. So it's weird seeing nerds become bullies now. Testosterone's a thing, but you know, not saying that men are the only ones that can do it. Women throw plenty of shade, um, and it's interesting to watch some of the content creators I've watched on and off that are popular on Twitch. They're like going to tw like into Twitch like battle mode in real life, where they'll just yell someone down. You know, but in fairness, some of those people do deserve it. Um, <laughs> It's difficult. I personally do not like playing games where I'm going to be shouted at if I make a mistake. You can go yeah. fuck yourself is essentially what I'm going to think. I'm not going to say it typically unless you're really rude because I'm a much more laid back person. I can get very aggressive. I do in the sense of like I really like um, League of Legends is one I used to play a lot. 
a lot of these games where I used to play a lot of, and they're they're a little bit of a time suck. Is one reason I stopped. Another reason is because I just get a little too aggressive. Not that I say anything. It's just like it gives me a lot of anxiety and just it's 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 fun. And I'll sit there and play it too much. Mm-hmm. And so I think with that, and I find that correlations. If you play a game more and more and too much and put too much time into things, the more aggressive your behavior gets with others and less likely you're going to be kind. I just don't like that. I think it's not a, a healthy thing. Um, at the same time, a lot of those people, sometimes with some of those people, just understand that like that's not how they are in real life. They're getting away with it because that's the kind of culture and those types of games have built. So I, I do think there needs to be some trimming back of, hey, you know, maybe let's not act like this. <laughs> and maybe it's... I'm curious about your your input on this too, but I feel like I'm at a point where, like, when I see a lot of gaming discussions happen, again, on Twitter or social media in general, I don't care to engage with them because most of the times it's people emotionally invested in whatever plastic that they prefer to play with or play with themselves with, however you want to take it, how you want to take that. (laughs) You know? You know, wherever you want to put that plastic and it pleases you, hey, that's your thing. I'm not judging you. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know. You're going to be careful. You're going to get jokes from me. Inappropriate jokes. <laughs> but, you know, like, I, I look at it and I'm just like, you know, it's a lot of people who are not very informed or they go for the hot takes because controversy creates clicks. And I just look at a lot of this stuff and I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't care to engage in it. Like I just, or I will talk about gaming with someone like you or talk with, you know, my other friends, but like open conversations about it. No, like if I were to talk, say Final Fantasy, um, I put out a post, I want to say like two years ago, I say, you know what? I had a lot of fun playing Final Fantasy eight back in the day. And I had people coming at me like, oh, it's the worst Final Fantasy. You know, there's no way when you, you played that as a kid, you understood the junctioning system. And I'm like. Oh, that's hilarious. I'm like, we didn't have tutorials the way they are now. And we read the manuals to figure out or just played the game and figured out how to play it back then. A lot of folks now can't do that. I, I've even been amazed yeah. to find when people play like even 3D games, they still have this, but not people now struggle to read patterns the characters do in games. And I'm like, I can immediately pick up on it. But a lot of people like who didn't grow up yeah. on it and got into it later, they're like, oh, uh, I don't get it. This is random. Like, not really. Anyway. No. It's, so, <laughs> well, at the end of the day, like, just to, I, I pity um, people sometimes when they act a certain way because um, either their life's not treating them well or they just were never raised to have a, a decent EQ. And EQ is emotional intelligence uh, mm-hmm. level. There's intellectual, which IQ is very controversial thing anyways, but EQ where they don't know how to handle their emotions and disagreements and anything that's an attack or feels like an attack against them, they become tribalistic. It's a big issue with our culture and with America, if you want to just put it in America, but other countries have this issue too. Um, Another reason I find um, political side a little bit more fascinating but it, it does bleed into the gaming sphere of people aren't feeling like they're able to go and, and become more successful or they try to be successful through these get rich um, 
topics, schemes that like tater tots oh, do based oh, off God. of, you know, that whole dude. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 getting harder and harder because more and more toxicity ble uh, bleeds into gaming, into some of these things. The more it's evident for me personally that it's kind of bleeding in from other aspects of life. And I think it's always been that way with bullies, right? They have some emotional uh, baggage or whatever it is. And uh, I'd like to see, I'd like to see more people maybe like, sometimes it's fine. If you want to talk a little trash, you're like, dude, I just wasted you. That's fine. But it, there's, there's a line where you can go when you're bragging as opposed uh -huh. to like just being a complete asshole and yelling at someone for your own mistakes. Yeah. And you know, maybe, Maybe the best advice I can give people is maybe seek some counseling. You can have nothing a, a wrong gamers counseling stuff. Oh no, no. Most people nothing wrong with it. Hey, nothing wrong with having a therapist. I got one. I've had one for fourteen years. Best decision I ever made. You find out a lot about yourself when you have a professional that can see aspects of yourself either you can't see or you don't want to acknowledge. So yeah. I, I mean, I have had one in the past before. I probably could use another one. Who knows? That's why I did. Po I do podcasting. I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to get my therapy through these sessions. <laughs> okay, chat. Tell me, like, how am I doing? And, you know, and just a bunch of just mean <laughs> people come back at me. And I'm like, cool. I'm not, you know, and it just keeps me humble, right? <laughs> All right. So, so, so I got one last question for you before okay. we go. Okay. Yes, I am a... waiting for Starfield, and you're preventing me. No, no. I had to bring it up. I had to bring it up. It's a joke, but it's not done preloading on my main computer, so we're good. <laughs> All right, so so I was going to say this. I'm going to preface this question first, but uh, 2023 has been stacked every single month, almost every week or every other week with a major game dropping. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like now we've got so many games coming out so many good games coming out that is super easy to get lost in the shuffle as a game developer or as a both perspectives just everything so as a game both. developer um there's more and more gamers created every day which is good there's more and more people niching down and saying you know like for me i have a very select Okay, I like everything, but I have to when I have my time so limited, I have to niche down. It's either it's an amazing game and I'm gonna play that, or it's going to be a nostalgia run, mm -hmm. or it's going to be um in the genre that I care about the most. And survival horror horror games, period. I do and there's there's too many. That's the problem. This year has so many coming out from indie style, and that those are the type of indie games I like. I'm not the biggest indie person. But if you slap a first-person indie in front of me, or if you slap an indie that's like uh, scary enough or has some really cool mechanic, I'm hooked. It's oh. it is getting much harder. I, I, um, got, I got an indie for you, Ben. Sprawl. No. Sprawl. I don't don't tell me this. So yeah. So okay. Good. Yeah. It's yeah. So good. I've heard uh, I'll shoot good. you the contact for it. It's good. Do it. I'll have to play it. Um. <laughs> so yeah, at the uh, from a developer standpoint, I think you're where the competition's getting harder, 
So you need to come with come up with better. And if I could give any advice to anyone, it's fine to cut your teeth on pixel and indie that are very low poly or whatever, like low effort. It's fine to cut your teeth on it. Don't mm-hmm. expect those to do well. I, I'm I'm so sorry. Like if it's 2D simple, you have to introduce an amazing story or some type of amazing thing, and you can't not get it wrong, or else you just won't do well in that sphere. If you do something that's a little bit more three, like you mess up a couple of areas, like Choo Choo Charles is a great example. Um, that was meant to be kind of a parody game. It came out a lot of stuff's wrong with it, but it was fun and what it brought. They pro- they 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 promised they brought at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a crazy one to stream on YouTube, by the way. Like that one got thousands of views. I had like a couple hundred people watching that. No, it was almost hundred people watching that time, which is just weird. But so from an uh like a consumer side of us, I think the gamers like for us, we're getting more overburdened or over like there's just too many options. Like we're getting option fatigue, and that's why you see more and more people like Mudahar, if you know him. And some other people, they're like, okay, I'm kind of done with gaming or I'm tired of all these games not being as good as the old ones. That's not true. Mm-hmm. We've never had better games than what have been released in the past, I would say, past five years, personally. No, we I have agree. some very nostalgic ones like Dead Space, albeit, you know, I have nostalgia attached to that. People that are coming up does, don't necessarily have nostalgia attached to some of those. Some of them create it because they... You know, even back in the day, like I like some movies and stuff from the seventies. I didn't grow up in the seventies. It's that like it's that old school cult thing that you come back and you're like, you know what? I can appreciate what it was back then. Alien the movie, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's it's becoming similar. The and we're getting more and more games. Games cost a lot more to make um, nowadays. Uh, it's becoming more like movies where some are just going to fall by the wayside. There's going to be and it, but if you do a good enough banger, there'll be a group that likes it forever, potentially. So, um, I it, it it's definitely more people are coming to play more games. The most popular games are going to grow, and the less popular games will. There's still a market. You're just going to have to fight harder to prove that your game's worth it. Yeah. So, it's for me. <clears throat> I'm building a game. I want to release it one day uh i'm the mechanics i have in it i think are going to be super unique i think it's going to do really well but at the end of the day it could still flop depends on what people want so all right with that being said is there anything you want to leave people with before we go this this turned out yeah. longer than i thought it would would be but i'm fine with this it is twice as long as we thought it was <laughs> it's okay i'm watching my preload over here i was gonna cut the stream if it hit 100 percent. um so you lucked out oh i was <laughs> I am kidding. I, I, I can wait. It is, it is not done yet, but um, funny enough, it's done on my steam deck and I, and my ROG ally, but I have not downloaded Starfield on my main computer for some reason. Cause I plan on trying them all out. Yeah. Well, I'm going to play. Oh, a hundred percent, but I want to do a little bit of content and I might even do like a simple stream to like appease the masses because that's what they want. Um, yeah as far as pitching you know i have the game the my new podcast the games revealed podcast new my my remake of the podcast honestly i should put that into the, the, the summary um you can find that on spotify apple music um pretty much anywhere that you find podcasts including youtube the games reveal um games revealed 
channel. Um, it's every Tuesday at mm -hmm. 10 a.m. Pacific. And then I might get back into doing it on Fridays too, but right now I'm just balancing a bunch of projects right now. And so I'm, I have only one episode dropping, but I want to do potentially two every week. And so we'll see. We'll see. And then uh, follow me on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, my personal stuff, which I'm doing a little bit more game content and personal, uh, maybe even some vlogging at TH3BRINK. And all three of those platforms have that. So that's okay. my, my that's my plug. Watch out for my video game. One day I'll 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 come on here. And one day I'll I'll present my video game. I, all I gotta say is uh, the mechanics are uh, gonna be very awesome. I think people are gonna uh, like it quite a bit, depending on okay. what type of games you like. Okay, okay, I'm all for it. You know, and then the only thing I want to plug is this hot sauce is great. By the way. Oh, I even asked about that. You had to rub it in. Bro, I've actually had people <laughs> say, like, hey, when are you going to do the review on the hot sauce? And I'm like, I'm working on it. It's really good. <laughs> um, I do like but, it. But, yeah, folks, uh, with that being said, uh, you'll be able to catch um, all of uh, James's social media links and for everything he's working on, every platform he's on will be in the description down below. And um, for this episode and every other episode of the podcast, you'll be able to catch on every major podcasting platform and video format on YouTube as well as on Spotify. So be, definitely check us out over there. Uh, give us feedback, even if it's the, the spicy type, you know, because I get a lot of that. And again, I keep having to say, but I don't hate any of these people. But y'all still think I do for whatever hey, reason. Constructive criticism, guys. Constructive. I know, right? <laughs> so, uh, other than that, uh, we're doing charity streams every single Sunday over on twitch.tv slash Mikhail Casanova for, you know, the people of Maui. The project that I'm heading is called La Lima Maui, meaning uh, hands and hearts coming together for the people of Maui. And we are doing a lot of charity uh, fundraising. We're going to be doing a lot of giveaways. So, uh, you know, definitely can come through for that. Definitely helps out, and you might win some good stuff. We got a lot of companies involved: Acer, uh, Lenovo. We got Rocket, Beach, Neat, Blue Microphones, Logitech, and a bunch of other folks that have uh, contributed to giveaway uh, items. So definitely catch us over there. And um, I think that's all I have to plug that I can think of, because you know I'm running off of this. And I don't hear my kid, so I think she's sleeping. So we will end it on that note. And, uh, yeah, thank you all for coming through. We appreciate each and every one of y'all that watch and listen. It's not only my show, but James's show as well. And, uh, yeah, keep gaming. Stay happy. Have a little high. And uh, don't be a dick. Or you can't be, and don't, be I, I like that. <laughs> Opposite. Rock on. Rock on. Be a true <laughs> punk person that is kind to people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah, we'll catch y'all in the next one. Peace. <laughs>